Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the City View Podcast. I am your host, RJ Thompson, and I teach uh, graphic design in the Department of Art at YSU. And I'm sitting in my office with Casey Knopp and Fran Comstock, and uh, I know very little, if anything, about either of them, as per usual with this podcast. I know nothing, so I'm about to learn <laughs> just as much as as you folks are. Um, Casey, Fran, say hello. 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 Um, so thanks for coming. Um, I'll set the scene up for, for you folks uh, listening uh, on your device, be it in the car or at home. Uh, we're sitting in my office uh, in Bliss Hall on YSU's campus. It's surprisingly nice out today. Mm-hmm. Yesterday was a total train wreck of weather. <laughs> uh, it was just, there were two accidents on 680. I don't know if you come that way. Oh, yeah, really? two cars completely flipped over. Um, so it took a especially long to get here to campus. But today it's beautiful. It's like pushing, it's got to be at least 60. It is. It was supposed yeah. to get up to the 70s this weekend, really? I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. mid-70s. Well, I hope I hope you both and and our listeners at, at home certainly take advantage of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I know I will be. So, um, Casey, if you want to start, tell us a little bit about yourself and um, what you do. All right. Uh, my name again, Casey Knopp, and I am the program coordinator for the Senior Corps Retired and Senior Volunteer Program that is located. Uh, my my main areas of focus are Mahoning and Trumbull counties. And our office is located in the First Presbyterian Church on Wick Avenue, so right where the construction starts. <laughs> How right, convenient. Yes, right yeah. there. But you can still access our parking lot off of Rayan. It's okay. Uh, and basically, so I'm going to give, before we move on to Fran, I guess because she's part, her program is part of Senior Corps as well. So we can, well, do you want to give a brief what's history se- or what? What's Senior Corps? Okay, so Senior yeah. Corps essentially... After Peace Corps was started, um, Lyndon B. Johnson discussed the need of showing how volunteerism abroad, yes, but bring it back home. So that's where you have different programs like AmeriCorps, AmeriCorps Mm. Vista, and things like that came out of kind of that idea of volunteerism in the United States. So in the 60s, all three programs were started, Foster Grandparents. RSVP, which is Retired and Senior Volunteer Program, and the Senior Companion Program. And so with all of these programs, they target the senior population. So people now, they consider that age 55 and older, so don't take offense, but the government considers 55 senior. Uh, And each of them tries to utilize seniors in their community through volunteerism, but each of the programs function separately. They have separate kind of requirements and different, I mean, opportunities. opportunities. Yeah, very, very different opportunities in each of those programs. And in Mahoning and Trumbull County, the two active programs are RSVP and foster grandparents. Mm -hmm. And foster grandparents, uh, I have uh, about 15 volunteers in each county, Mahoning and Trumbull. And it is a federally funded program. You have to be 55 years old to become a volunteer. And you also have to be income eligible. You have to be 200% of the poverty level, which for a single person is 23500 a year. You have to receive less than that to be in our foster grandparent program because the federal government provides a stipend to you. It's non-taxable. Uh, it's not income. It is a volunteer stipend. 
it's 265 an hour plus 20 cents a mile and this is so you can go as a volunteer from your home to a site which can be a school it can be a hospital we're at Akron Children's it can be the library. We have many different sites to choose from in the community. We are in Youngstown City <coughs> Schools and very proud of that, very proud to be a community partner with Youngstown City Schools uh, all on that uphill march uh, to, um, to improve things here in the city and in our schools. And the difference with then RSVP is it is strictly a retired and senior it's volunteer specific you do not receive any kind of stipend however you do receive the mileage reimbursement uh, another difference with comparing foster grandparents and RSVP foster grandparents you need to volunteer at least 15 hours per week because you are receiving that stipend uh, RSVP we ask that you try to volunteer at least five hours every six months. Um, you, and also we have so many different sites set up. I mean, you could be working with seniors at assisted living facilities. I have MOU, so Memorandum of Understanding, set mm -hmm. up with Shepherd of the Valley, MVI Hospice Care, Senior Independence. I've got some set up with um, St. Uh, or Cafe Augustine at the Newport branch of the library. Very familiar with those folks. Yes, so we have one set up there um, through Trumbull Neighborhood Partnership. <laughs> There's a variety, Habitat for Humanity. So I, what I try to do is find people interested in, in volunteering, and I want to They fill out an application. Um, and, and with that application, the other plus of volunteering with either of our programs mm -hmm. is that while you are volunteering on site, you will have supplemental health insurance and supplemental car insurance. That way, if you, part of your volunteering, you need to drive, say you're driving a community member to and from their doctor's appointment and you get in a car accident, mm -hmm. there's that supplemental insurance to cover mm -hmm. whatever yours does not. The same goes for if you are injured for any reason while on site, you've got that supplemental health insurance. And we try to avoid that by going out and visiting each one of the sites to ensure it is safe and it is an appropriate opportunity for volunteers. Mm. I like to talk to volunteers, see what skill sets they have and what they're truly interested in being involved in and in what capacity. You know, are you interested in being on a construction site and working with your hands? Or right. are you not <clears throat> capable of doing that and more inclined to... Do something that involves, you know, paperwork, filing, website maintenance. A mm -hmm. big, big one that we are in need of help with right now is the uh, memory and the music and memory program. Both Park Vista and Senior Independence are a part of it. There was that viral video, I don't know, five years ago of that that 95-year-old black gentleman who they put music on for him and he just came to life. And then there was the documentary Alive Inside. And so they need people to go over to the facilities and start to take music from iTunes and put it on iPods and create specialized playlists for the residents. So the opportunities are bountiful. There's a lot to be done. <laughs> there the is, least. yes. Yeah. 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 And a lot of the nonprofit organizations and even for profit organizations in the community that really help are helping Youngstown to 
improve in a variety of ways are so dependent on volunteers in order to keep running and to be able to continue to help the community. So like I said, we're all over Mahoning County and all mm-hmm. over Trumbull County. So I'd love to get some volunteers moving. The The program has not really been around for the last three or four years. The funding had originally been with Hands-On Volunteer Network, which dissolved about three or four years ago. So I am building the program from the ground up. There hasn't been much movement for years, so I've been here since July, and we're trying to get volunteers. How did, how did you move into that position? You started in July? Yeah. yeah. How did um, you get to that point? I actually just moved back. I've been living in L.A. for about five years, working as a geriatric consultant, and I moved back to continue my degree and help with my grandmother, taking care of her as she's aging. And I, I had worked as an AmeriCorps VISTA after undergraduate at the Habitat for Humanity in Mahoning County. Um, and I was really interested in getting back into nonprofit, but I still really wanted to work with the senior population. And this position really stood <clears throat> out to me. And I really enjoy working in the community <clears throat> again because things have changed a lot in the last five years. And it's been kind of refreshing to see that change and that growth in the area. You're absolutely right, especially with um, the work that still needs to be done with the, the senior community. Um, I have um, an aging father-in-law who um, who has had several strokes, and like he's he's got dementia, and you know you can see the the signs, and he has aphasia. So like oh. I say blue, he thinks carrot. Yeah. You know. Um, so you know even in surprisingly he's he's very jovial and very positive despite the fact he doesn't totally have a a, things aren't connecting yeah he's not connecting and there's a lot of folks like that Mm -hmm. um and and they need they need the help and they need the support and i'm glad to hear that you actively want to be involved and are looking for others to be involved uh especially uh college age students um, when, when I was in, when I was in college, um, I did a lot of volunteering at, uh, a senior community mm-hmm. and, um, you, you, mentioned the piece about music. Yeah. There was one time I, I volunteered at the senior community. I took photos for them. They had an Elvis impersonator come in oh, yeah. and they, <laughs> I mean, there was like a hundred people there. They blew up. They yeah. loved it. They were all like dancing and like all the, all the older women were hitting on Elvis and it was really funny. And of course, you know, he, he, he played right into it. It was just a really great experience. So there's a lot of, um, good, valuable, meaningful, memorable, uh, experiences to have from that. Yeah. And for us, it's, I mean, we're connecting seniors with seniors. So to be part of the program, you have to be 55 or Uh, older to volunteer. I apologize. Well, that's okay. (laughs) But that's okay because it's still, it's still, it's making those connections and, and making those relationships and, a lot of people don't have family that are around or yeah. that are able to help with them because they work or whatever the case may be. So it, it also helps a lot of times, in my experience, seniors tend to also have a more immediate connection and stronger bond with mm-hmm. people who kind of remind them of their children. Um, and it's also a lot of people that are in their 50s and older have dealt with that kind of those issues with their own parents and loved ones. So that's a little bit easier for them to acclimate to working with them. And I mean, we have 
a lot of people even working in congregations trying to find people who want to take their neighbors to church as people that are older stop driving in the winter because they right. become very much stuck at home. Oh, yeah, they can't go anywhere. And they can't go yeah. anywhere. And so I'd love to start finding some volunteers that are willing to go out and just visit and provide companionship and kind of hang out with them, maybe even make a meal with them once in a while would mm. be nice. <laughs> uh, Fran, how did, how did you get involved in, in all of this? What's your background? Well, let's see. I worked in downtown Youngstown for about eight years uh, down here running the Oakland Theater. Oh, okay. And um, got an office job after that and found myself on an unemployment unexpectedly and saw uh, some promotional material for foster grandparents and thought, well, maybe I'll spend some time volunteering while I'm on unemployment and was approached by the coordinator at the time. She was going to retire, suggesting that perhaps I'd like to apply for that position. So I did, and um, so I, I run the program for both Trumbull and Mahoning counties. I have about 30 volunteers total and love them all, each and every one. Uh, most of them go into schools and work one-on-one -on -one with, with kids that the teacher has deemed they need a little more attention in one way or another, whether mm -hmm. it's academic or just a social-emotional need they have because, you know, society today, it's, it's a rough place for some kids. When they go home, they see and feel some things that shouldn't be, maybe. Right. So my foster grandparents provide that consistent, loving support network every day. It's, it's like I said, it's very consistent, and that's important. They look forward to seeing them every day in the classroom or shelter setting. And um, I can say that all of my volunteers are, are just lovely. Uh, they, they're reaching into this community that, that they've lived in all their lives, most of them. So they know they know where these kids are coming from and what they're going through. Mm -hmm. Most of them are raising their own grandkids because of problems with that in-between generation right. that in this valley seem to have so many problems, whether it's addiction or what, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. uh, so most of them are raising their grandkids as well as going out in the community and volunteering. But we're not just helping those kids. We're also helping them. That little bit, that stipend money, to some of these people on just Social Security is a godsend. Oh, that's, no that's a car payment. Or, you know, in the wintertime, when their utility goes up, that covers their utility expenses. Uh, so it not only helps the, the kids in the communities, but it, it's helping these lower-income seniors. Could you talk a little bit about um, some of the more memorable kind of touch-your-heart experiences that you've had in, in this program or others? Some, some experiences that maybe have really uh, shaped you? Um, sure. I've, I've been in the program about three and a half years now, and what's changed for me, what comes to mind right off the top of my head is my relationship with the volunteers specifically. Uh, you know, it's an aging uh, population that I have of volunteers. Their siblings are passing away. Uh, they're, they're the people left, you know, out of their families. And over these three and a half years, we've become quite close. And um, when they lose somebody in their family, you know, they'll, they'll look to me and the other volunteers as support for them. And that's really heartwarming. As far as the kids go, every single story is the same with my foster grandparents. When they enter that classroom with these kids, they run to them. Grandma Rose, Grandma D, mm -hmm. hug them. You know, I mean, they're there to love them and support them, and they do just that. And every single one of them, you know, is heartwarming to me. 
uh, one of my volunteers in Trumbull County will teach either the children or their parents in a shelter setting uh, to crochet or knit. And they, they seem to love that kind of activity, something that's nice and calm, brings them all together in a nice space. It's a shared yeah. experience. Exactly. Yeah. And something calm. Because a lot of those kids coming into those shelters, they're traumatized. Yeah. And uh, that foster grandparent, that foster grandma, because all I have is, is women right now, although we have had men in the past, uh, that's, that's their safe space. So it's all heartwarming. Every single one of them, every single story they tell. Every time I go into a site, I was down here in Youngstown last week and went to uh, Youngstown City Schools that we're in. And just talking to the principals was heartwarming to me. I mean, they love these kids so much, really care about them and where this community's headed. Uh, it's all heartwarming. You know, that's actually a good point in that you don't hear a whole lot of stories about, about um, the good coming out of the city schools. Right, the educators. Yeah, yeah uh, from the educators, from the principals, the administrators, the students themselves, and I'm, I'm dead set on rectifying that as much as I can. Um, be, I've had opportunities to, to meet a lot of kids in city schools, and, and they're, so, they're wonderful people, and they're ambitious, and they want to do great things. And, you know, uh, I'm sure you are just as tired of the labeling as as I am, and um, uh, I'm looking forward to, to being able to connect and, and reshape that conversation as, as best as I can. So, uh, Casey, what have, what have been some of your uh, positive sort of life-shaping uh, experiences with your programming? Well, I will be very honest and say since July, there hasn't been too much, except that um, I have to say that every every site potential site that I have gone to and potential volunteer I have spoken to is very excited Mm -hmm. about the idea of being useful again a lot of people have retired early or have been forced into early retirement against what they you know would prefer to be doing which is continue working and they're excited for the opportunity to volunteer in a capacity in which they feel like they are being useful. It's not going to be necessarily just stuffing an envelope. Uh, maybe they worked in, were a chief information officer for a company. Saying to them, I want to find a program that fits you and makes you feel useful and makes you realize that you are needed in the community again. It's not like once you reach a certain age, you know, there right. is no opportunity for you. There's nothing for you to do. You've given what you can to society. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing people getting a little bit more excited <laughs> about being able to continue to make a difference in, in one way or the or another. And a lot of the sites are very excited because they remember RSVP when it used to be an active program in, in the city and the outside communities. And they're just... They remember what a, what a good program it was, and they're just happy to know that they haven't been forgotten. <laughs> so, um, so you just started in July, so you have yeah. a, a brief amount of experience with this this um, occupation, the, yeah. the circumstances surrounding it, the opportunities. Where do you where do you see it going in in the future? Like, I'm really, really thinking forward and thinking very positively that I think we can get a fairly large volunteer base. And I'm hoping that once that volunteer base is established, 
we can use them in a variety of different ways. Um, you know, if someone, if people are interested in volunteering for large opportunities, say fundraising, or if they want to be used in different settings, in diff with different organizations, but they have one special skill set, you know, I, I want to find opportunities to allow them to form relationships with their sites and to be able to kind of network from that, mm -hmm. because things happen. People grow their boards, people find grant writers, and then hopefully. If I get enough of those volunteers involved, a lot of these nonprofit organizations are going to grow or at least going to be able to maintain their position within the community and continue to change it. Fran, same for you. Uh, where do you see the, the future of your programming headed? Well, fortunately, um, our, our mother company is Family and Community Services out of Ravenna, and they've got a lot of vision yes. and, and have for, for many years now. So we're fortunate to be a part of that. There's uh, quite a few or organizations, nonprofits underneath that umbrella, including um, all the scope centers up in Trumbull County, Valley Counseling. Mm -hmm. I don't know what else is down here in Mahoney, but, but there's dozens of companies under this umbrella and the people at Family Community Services like I said they have a vision for the future hopefully uh, I, I mean I have every confidence that they do yes. uh, they've moved these programs along and uh, brought in other nonprofits under this umbrella saved several nonprofits along mm -hmm. the way uh, so I trust them to have that future vision most of the time I just think about the immediate my my volunteers and their kids, our clients, these kids in the schools, etc., their, their concerns and their needs are all immediate, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I, I need volunteers desperately. I need more foster grandparents. I have schools that need them, shelters that need them, community organizations that, that would love to have foster grandparents helping them. We need donations. We have, a, we have a federal grant, but we have to match that grant. And if we don't, they're going to take money away from us, yep. so we won't be able to expand and offer to the community what we already do, not, not even to mention what we want to do in the future, but uh, we'll have to cut back on what we do already. Right. So we're always looking for those uh, you know, donations to, to a nonprofit, for sure, and uh, I also need volunteers, just as Casey Casey does. Why well, is it so hard to recruit volunteers? Do you think? And I think every mm. nonprofit, to an extent, <laughs> deals with, with this. Yeah, and us yeah. even a little more so because then we have the confinement of fifty-five and older. I mean, yes, that's true. But I it think, does seem like a handicap. Uh, slightly, um, a big one. I think for me, and I, I think for you as well, has been that we being able to find volunteers in some of the low-income housing settings that want to be involved but lack transportation. That's one reason. That is one reason. Another that I find is people are almost scared to volunteer because they're worried they're going to be asked to lift those heavy boxes, well, in my case, lift heavy boxes and do, you know, physical manual labor. Mm -hmm. And volunteering could be as easy as taking your neighbor to the grocery store, right. you know? I mean, that's that's a huge part of it. And those would be hours and those would be, you know, mileage reimbursements that you can receive if you sign up through RSVP. So I almost think there's this just stigma that you have to be young and youthful to volunteer and you don't. I mean, you don't have to be any certain age to volunteer. You could be right. five and you could be 105. Doesn't matter. Um, One of the other reasons I think that we have a difficulty finding people <coughs> to volunteer is that 
they don't know about us. Yeah. Or yeah. in my case, when you say foster grandparents, people immediately mm -hmm. think of the program where you adopt a kid into your home, and it's not that. We go out to the schools. We, we go out into the community. You don't, you don't bring a child to your home. So the name perhaps is confusing yeah. at times, although in the literature that I uh, distribute, I, I make it clear right away in big, bold yes. print <laughs> that it's not that program. It's, mm -hmm. it's our foster grandparent program. We go out into the community. We have paid training. Um, you know, we, we put you in a site where you want to be. You get to pick what, what's close to your home. Where do you feel comfortable? Where do your grandchildren go to school? Maybe you want to volunteer there. Uh, you know, the library is a great place to volunteer. Up in Trumbull County, the Family Fitness Center, the old YWCA, great place to volunteer. You have flexibility of hours. I mean, there's lots of pros. Uh, the cons may be just as in anything, something new. It can be a little frightening, especially when you're older. You know, maybe you don't have the confidence, oh, maybe I can't do that. It's, it's like tutoring sometimes, it, it, but it's more mentoring. It really is more mentoring than anything. <laughs> just, just being there as a consistent presence in a child's life that needs that extra attention is what it is most of the time. And I think something else that I've realized is I've had people say, well, what if that volunteer opportunity doesn't work out? What if that's not the right fit for me? Well, that's fine. No one's going to be upset with you. Mm -hmm. Just knowing that, you know, we're, Fran and I are both, we're there to follow up. We're there to check in with you to see that things are going well on your mm -hmm. end, that the site mm -hmm. is happy with you, and to make sure as a volunteer you feel appreciated, you feel needed and wanted, and that you are 100% comfortable with Right. whatever you're doing. And if it doesn't work out, you can go somewhere else. Yeah, there's other opportunities. Sometimes incompatibilities happen. It, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, um, when those incompatibilities happen, let's take it, for example, uh, I, I volunteer with you, and mm -hmm. I'm at a site, and it starts out great, but for whatever reason, I lose interest or my heart's not into it, and yeah. I it just... It happens. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, uh, you know, you can, I'm not retained, and, mm -hmm. you know, I, I take a step back. That does not mean that, um, because I did not have the experience that I was looking for, that I won't still cheerlead for you. So mm -hmm. you, you still got some advocates just by virtue of exposure. Right, um, right. And, you know, that makes <clears throat> competing for, for volunteers uh, a little bit less difficult. Right. Yeah. There's flexibility. I mean, we want to work with you. I've had people say, I'm so interested, but you know what? I winter in Florida. That's fine. I'm still going to need you when you come back in March right. and April and May. Um, if <laughs> go you, take a breather. Yeah, go back. take a breather yeah. and come back. You yeah. know, family comes up, family things come first. Sometimes maybe you miss your volunteer opportunity. That's fine. It's still going to be there. No one, I don't know anybody who's ever rejected volunteers and just said, no, I don't want you mm -hmm. and, and not had a legitimate reason or concern. Mm -hmm. So and once people realize, too, that volunteering is good for you, mm -hmm. there's lots of studies. Oh, it's yeah. good for the soul. Well, it's good for the soul, and it's good for you physically. Physical and mental well-being, mm -hmm. yeah. Studies so have if, shown the if more If you're feeling kind of sluggish sitting around yeah. ha the house, try volunteering. Yeah. You know, do it for 15 hours a week. Or if you want to, with foster grandparents, you can, you can do it up to 40 hours a week. I have several that do uh, 40, 38 to 40 hours a week and glad to do it. I even have one foster grandparent that insists on working more than 40. Um, she doesn't get her stipend for anything over 40, but the need is there. And I'm telling you, these people have beautiful hearts, and that's what they're there for. That's what's important to them, and the need's there, so they fulfill, they fill that need. Ultimately, you've, it sounds like you've both got very rewarding 
jobs. Yes, and, definitely. you know, you can't, you, you know, maybe aside from a higher salary, you can't ask for much more than that. Um, you know, especially, um, you know, you get to empower. I think that's the, the big keyword here. You get to empower these folks. Um, and it, that just trickles and down. And they empower the kids. Yeah. And they empower the kids. Yeah, at least for foster parents. Yeah, and, you know, uh, an interesting thing there is um, – those kids will grow up and have hopefully an active role in volunteering and advocacy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, cause from my own personal experiences, I remember when like I was a sophomore in high school and I was not an ambitious person by any means. Like, you know, I, I was just let me drive around in my car and hang out with my friends and things like that. But I had a friend who was extremely ambitious and she wanted to do uh, like a relay for life for breast cancer, et cetera. Um, and it, it didn't totally click. Like I didn't really understand why she was doing it, but she ended up becoming like this huge uh, volunteer person. Like not only did she spend a lot of her time volunteering, but she – created a position for herself with several different nonprofits where that's all she did was she just recruited people. She's like a magnet. And, and, um, that's a, that's a real powerful sort of linchpin role for, for not only, uh, the nonprofits that she worked for, but any in general. Um, and, uh, that is something that she was taught and that was instilled in her and now she does it. Yeah. yeah, and she's an advocate now. Yeah. But for me, it, it wasn't like that. I yeah. I had to find a, the. I went the long way around, and a lot of us did. <laughs> yeah. Of us did yeah. Um, but but by virtue of of those students having that that uh, interaction and involvement in your program, they're gonna they're gonna enter advocacy much sooner. And it, I feel like that's something that we need a lot of, and more I soon, think, more um, quickly. Uh, the bigger, the quicker the impact. And you see it. It's a situation where you see it immediately within the community because these mm-hmm. are small local branches of different organ different organizations for profit or nonprofit. So you see immediately the impact that you're making instead of and I'm not speaking down towards, you know, American Cancer Society. They make a huge difference. You don't necessarily see it quite as fast, but it, you know, in right. a national, international level, it is. Whereas if you go to your local nursing home, you're going to see the smiles that everyone has and how excited they are to see you. and just The impact is immediate. It's Yeah, yeah right there. So mm-hmm. it's good to be involved mm-hmm. in your local community. Absolutely. So um, having said that, we're kind of uh, ending, ending our, mm-hmm. our time here with the, mm-hmm. with the recording. Um, I want you to detail how people can learn more about your respective programs, your organization, and how they can get involved. Okay. Uh, So for RSVP, we are, so because Family and Community Services, Inc. is our sponsor for this grant, you can go to www.fcsohio.org. Mind you, the website is under construction. So we're on about the third page in the list of organizations. I am able to be contacted at 330-480-0352, or you can email me at kknopp at fcsohio.org. 
I'm in my office on the second floor of the First Presbyterian Church at 201 Wick Avenue. Good luck getting over there. Yep. <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah, it is. Usually they're Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Call, email me anytime, and I will get right back to you. And because I drive in from kind of the Salem-Greenford area, I often stop. If you can't make it to me, I can make it to you. I can meet you at a cafe. We can sit down, have a discussion about the different opportunities, or work with you to find one you like. It's true. They came to my office. <laughs> all the way across we the street. Yeah, you were invited all the way across the street. And for foster grandparents, uh, I have a phone number. I have an office in Warren at the Scope Community Center. My number is 330-394-2966. You can email me at fcomstock, F-C-O-M-S-T-O-C-K, at fcsohio.org. And I have an answering machine if I'm not in the office because I do travel down here to Youngstown and and drop in on Casey's office and use their facility uh, at least once a week. Always looking for foster grandparents. So it's, there's a huge need, especially down here in the Youngstown area. You know, it, it didn't occur to me until just now. My wife and my daughter, uh, my daughter is 16 months. They are actually at a, a senior care community today oh. doing the Halloween, like the oh, children's oh, Halloween. And uh, <laughs> Amelia dressed up as, that's my daughter, Amelia dressed up as uh, a Cabbage Patch doll. Oh, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing the photos. And uh, like I said, you know, we're getting her started early. Yes. Uh, so hopefully yeah. that'll really rub off. Hey, 16 yeah. months, it's never too late. Cool. Well, thank you both very much for being here, and uh, we'll check in with you at some point in the future, and hopefully right. things are, are, are much better for yeah. not only your organizations and your programs, but also those that you serve. So thanks again. Thank you very thank much. Thank you.